All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Welcome to episode 255 of the DFO Rundown. I'm Jason Greger. It's brought to you by Botano.ca, where you can get in the game 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Of course, a hey, Thursday night or big one, rare one, Bengals and Ravens. It's a huge game. Of course, you got a few uh, in-season play-in games in the NBA. And of course, uh, Thursday night, that always means a full slate of games in the National Hockey League. So uh, get them all at Botano.ca as uh, we welcome in from Sweden, Frank Saravalli, who of course is over there. Frank, uh, how is Sweden? Uh, it's good. First game actually kicks off uh, today, Thursday, and uh, it is uh, two Eastern time. So eight local time in Sweden and um, never been to Sweden, never been to Stockholm. And it's a pretty awesome place. I'll tell you that. Yeah. The wild are singing the blues right now. Not, uh, no not kidding. playing the way that they would like for sure. You've actually got four teams here that actually all of them really need these games. And the Leafs are in a little bit of a different spot, but I mean, they seemed like they kind of figured it out late last weekend, but, you know, you certainly want to take advantage when you can against teams that have been scuffling of late. Oh, yeah. Um, so you look at at Sweden, I guess, just tell us kind of what's your senses, how excited are fans, how big of a deal is this? It's a pretty big deal. I was over near the team hotels just getting a, a lay of the land this morning and there's people lined up down the street for autographs. You've got a fan fest going on. 
Uh, you've got all sorts of things hap- happening on the periphery. Uh, you know, players, especially from Sweden, doing some local events. You've got uh, a coaches clinic going on. Um, there's, if you're a hockey fan, like I, I can't tell you how many people I've met from Detroit or Ottawa on the plane over, people wearing Sens gear, uh, Leafs fans everywhere. You know, they happen to have some of the most popular teams in Sweden playing here. These are the first ever games for the Toronto Maple Leafs outside of North America in the regular season. Um, they're everywhere. I mean, think back to the franchise's history, Boria Salming, Matt Sundin, uh, then flip over to the Sens and Daniel Alfredson, who's going to be behind the bench as an assistant coach for these two games with the Sens and the Red Wings, of course, with, um, you know, Nicholas Lidstrom and Cronwall and Zetterberg and all these guys that have been big time Swedish hockey players. Uh, their teams are here. And even think to the wild, their franchise history isn't that long, but their captain and Miko Koivu and uh, sorry, he's a Finn. Um, but you think of Joel Erickson Eck and some of the other guys that they've had. Um, it's it's certainly um, a pretty deep connection with the teams that are here. Yeah, William Nylander right now, of course, I think the uh, post horse had a great start, right? He's top 10 in scoring. Um, see, I, I saw his first uh, uh, press conference when he landed, and my goodness, it was massive. So, uh, yeah. you know what? G- good for them. I think, you know, Sweden's a hockey hotbed for, uh, for a long, long time. And, you know, they've obviously uh, been able to produce uh, many skilled players, uh, one of the greatest defensemen ever uh, in Nick Lidstrom. You know, quite a few different Hall of Famers. So, a couple of good goalies. You got a goalie go in the Hall of Fame this week, and Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah. I mean, it's a really proud hockey country, and I think just in talking to some locals, if you want to hear something interesting, they kind of feel like their program has lost its way between World Juniors and the incredible preliminary round success that they've had, and failure to win a medal. Uh, or win gold. And then even on the men's stage, it's been a long time since they've had a triumph. They feel like they've lost their way. And I was kind of laughing, like thinking I was talking to someone from here today saying, are you sure? Like, look at some of the very best players in the world right now. Pedersen is leading the entire league in scoring tied with two Canucks teammates. You've got William Nylander, like at almost every position, you've got incredible players who have come through the ranks. Is it broken or just have they had some bad luck? They're kind of starting uphill with almost any time they're squaring off against Canada or the U.S. Just think of the overall population size. There's 10, 12 million Swedes. There's 35 or 38 million Canadians. Like there's just more people and it makes a big difference. Oh, yeah. Like, really, if you look at it, I'm looking at the results in the World Junior Championships. I know they haven't won gold since 2012, but they have three silvers. They have uh, two bronze and then they have uh, four fourth place. So, you know, you do the math on that. That's 10 out of 12 years that uh, that they've been uh, in the uh, in the final or semifinals. Now, obviously, they've lost the uh, the bronze, the bronze medal game. They lost it actually three years in a row, 15, 16, 17. But, you know, you're in it every time. So I don't know. Because I know if you don't win everything, people maybe look a little bit. But I always it's it's like getting too excited about a player because he has a great world juniors. It's seven games. It um, 
I don't know if it uh, defines a player's career. And I definitely uh, hope that the Swedes don't think it uh, defines them as a nation. I know they haven't had a silver since uh, 2018 and a few bronze since, but um, they're still very competitive. And as you mentioned, Frank, there's lots of really good players uh, right now uh, from Swedish descent uh, all over the NHL. And, you know, the third largest provider of players, it's Canada, the U S and then Sweden. And it's a pretty big gap between themselves and the next country. Uh, I don't see anything wrong with their development model and how they're producing players. No, I wouldn't. Uh, I, I wouldn't think so. Especially, hey, you, you mentioned um, Pedersen, who of course uh, is tied for the NHL lead. Nylander, uh, Jesper Bratt, William Carlson, Forsberg, Hedman's. You know, Hedman's been one of the best defensemen in the NHL for a decade. So um, Eric Carlson just won the Norris. So I, I think they're. I think they're doing all right. With, yeah. uh, with some top-end talent, especially when you consider the population size, right? Like, it's not like this is a, you know, they're not the size of Canada. Heck, they're not the size of the U.S., not remotely close. So I think they're doing very good. I do want to talk about uh, Elias Patterson, frank Yeah, because, let's talk uh, about the Canucks. Yeah, they're, hey, first of all, right now today as they wake up, they, um, you know, their power play does it again last night. Their power play is rolling. I'm not one who thinks the power play, a good power play means your team's bad. It just means your team, that's a weapon that's uh, some games when you're not feeling it, it's going to help you win games. And it scored three power play goals last night. Then they win it in overtime. Hughes, Pedersen, and JT Miller are all tied for the league lead in points with uh, with 26. So it's incredible. Um, it's uh, it's amazing to see. You know, Edmonton had three pretty 300-point uh, scores last year. Uh, the Canucks could do it again this season. My question is, the Pedersen contract negotiations, where are they at? And uh, what number do you, like, are we talking Pasternak or higher? Well, I think to answer that, you first need to answer how long the deal is because Pedersen acknowledged this summer when he said that he was in no rush on his next contract, that he said, this is going to be the biggest contract of my life. I don't know whether I want a basically medium term or long term. And we've seen some players sort of go a different path. Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner are great reminders of that. Probably pretty hard to turn down some real security. And by real security, not that 50 or 60 million bucks isn't that if you go medium term. But I'm thinking if it's a long-term deal, and this is purely my thought process, no one has said this to me. I don't know candidly which ballpark they're in. But I would think that if you are going eight years, it's somewhere in the $12.5 million range a year. I can't really see it being that much lower than that. And the reason for that is he's significantly younger than Pasternak. Um, And he plays center. And he had a 100-point season last year. And this year he's on track for 133 points. That's the craziest part about what the Canucks guys at the top of the scoring list are doing, all of them are on pace for 130 some points. And Hughes is a defenseman. Yeah. It's, it's bananas to see Besser tied for the league scoring lead in goals. I just love that Pedersen won bet on himself, essentially heading into this year would have been real easy to sign an extension last summer for eight times 10 and a half or whatever the number might've been. But you've essentially gone out and put yourself in the next stratosphere up of player, which is we're talking the top five, seven, ten players in the entire game. And he's earned that right to be in that conversation now. 
Yeah, he is. You know what? He's it's taken some time, which, uh, well, I don't even think it's taken that long of time, but people are such a rush now. If some if guys aren't dominant right away, oh my goodness, he's not that good. Well, you know, take a little bit of a breather. Pedersen, I think, has been uh, projecting at the right level. Injuries obviously uh, might have slowed down his uh, his evolution as a as a top, top producer. But uh, last Look year... Look at the Sedins. Oh, yeah. I think they're the perfect example, are they not, of, of guys that took a little bit of time to get their feet wet in the league, understand the process, the speed, the physicality, all those things. And then five years in, six years in, they're 100-point players. I think Pedersen's going to have a chance to have longer sustained success than the Sedins did, which they had Hall of Fame careers. I'm not knocking them. But if you look at their career arc, it was, you know, a slow burn to start. And then they got there and they had this incredible peak. Uh, both brothers led the league in scoring at one point or another. And then it wasn't that long before the plateau kind of came down. And I think Pedersen has a chance to go up and then stay there for a good long time. Yeah, I think it was their ninth and tenth season. Uh, they scored 100 points. Each only had 100 points once, uh, in, in fact. So um, different, different scoring era, though. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. But um, I look at like that, if yeah, you adjust it out, it's they're all they're multiple hundred point seasons. Well, Pedersen is is a player who I think uh, you know what uh, they'll be up there. They're they're playing very well. Um, you know he. I, I look at his his salary and, you know, they were smart not to rush into it uh, from his side. And I, I could even argue on the other side. So was Vancouver because, um, you know, I, I don't think Pedersen w- was going to sign um, like the, earlier this summer or last year at a significantly lower rate and maybe a million. But you got to get you got a guy. Guys got to be willing to sign. Plus, with all the turmoil and negativity and drama, oh God, it's been going- a circus. Yeah, that was going around the organization. Why would he have signed? Well, it's not even just that. It's you want an authentic chance to win, right? And mm-hmm. as an RFA, you don't have complete control, but you have a real good opportunity to say, you know what? I'm only going to sign that takes me to UFA or whatever it might be. You have a chance to push your way out, as we've seen with players like Kachuk and others, that if they, they're not feeling it, they can move on. I think there's been a really strong bond built, and I talked about this with Patrick Alvin uh, on Monday or Tuesday at the NHL GM meetings, and they're chipping away at this contract extension. Um, I think the Canucks are kind of, they're not antsy, but they'd like to get it done sooner rather than later, and the reason for that is they're watching Pedersen play, and each game it sort of feels like another special thing he does, more points pile up. You can almost hear the cash register cha-chinging. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a big number. Um, th- there's no question about it. And right well, now, let me, let me ask you a, a, a theoretical question. And this is not really related. It is related to Pedersen, but not really. At twelve and a half million bucks, do you need a guy that scores more than forty goals? I would. Yeah. Like, is that does that limit him at all in terms of what he's asking for? Because he's I, not I do. really. He, he's he's on track for thirty eight or 37, which is actually a little bit less than he had last year, the 39. Does that concern you at all? It does because you know what? The assists are, are wonderful. Don't get me wrong, but it still means that the other guy's got to score. And, um, you know, and Pedersen has an unbelievable shot. Unreal. Like his release is, is one of the best, but it hasn't, you know, it hasn't been, especially with goals being up now, Frank, I, I think that's a, 
I think it's a valid uh, concern, uh, no doubt about it. And I think it might, you know, cost them a little bit because if, if you look at the the big time scores, right? J- and let's just go for the last, even include this season, right? Since the start of the uh, 2021 season, if you look at guys who have the most goals, Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, David Pasternak, Miko Ranton, they're all at 130 plus. You got to go down Elias Pettersson in goals on that list, Frank. Um, I'm scrolling. He's 36th at, at uh, 88. Does he just so, need to shoot more? Like now do shots. Out of those guys, shots, I'm looking at Pedersen. He is 36. He's got 551 shots, which is, well, it is the, uh, no, uh, Rupe Hintz, Mark Shifley are lower. And uh, that's about it. Now there's some guys like Matthews has 961. McDavid has 906. Pasternak, 964. Where, so, where yeah, does Pedersen rank in shots? Uh, in that okay, same well, time span between those same players. Okay, well, let me. Uh, you said thirty-sixth in goals. Yeah, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get goal scores. So I'll just because I don't want guys who scored forty goals because defensemen, obviously. So I'll factor them out, and then I'll just get the guys who score. So I have all the top goal scores in that time, the top forty-five, and uh, he's fortieth. That's my point. He's yeah. his shooting percentage is great. It's sixteen point seven percent. It's elite. He's just very choosy with when he shoots. And I don't really have a problem with that part of it because if you're shooting, the goal should be to score. You don't just shoot for no reason, but I'd have to think that there's more opportunities there that he's just not really taking advantage of because his first instinct is always to pass. Yeah, so you look at it. He is actually tied with Matthews and McDavid in shooting percentage at 16, right? Now you look at goals, he has 88, McDavid has 145. Matthews has 154. Why? Because they're shooting. Yeah, they're like Matthews has 410 more shots than uh, than Elias Pettersson does, and um, uh, McDavid has um, like 345 more. So it's uh, it is a significant difference, right? Like even Leon Drysaddle, who's not a massive shooter, he's decent. Right, uh, he's not obviously close to Matthews or McDavid. He's at 744, which puts him 13th, which obviously isn't terrible. But even he's, he's, he's quite like a 400 bit shots short of the other guys. Pedersen is of the top guys, yes. Yep, 400 shots is a lot. Yeah. So, and that's last in year was the first time he ever broke 200. He hit 256. Yeah, and that's in 200 games, Frank. So it's basically two shots a game. That's a lot. Yeah. So I think that's, that is a valid point when you're doing comparisons. If, if I'm the Canucks, I would definitely use that to say, Hey, like it's, and it's not a knock on the player. It's just the reality of the situation. And I like, actually view it as, in the other way. I view it as opportunity for him. Yes. Yeah. I think that's a big area to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if you look at McDavid who like McDavid, a few, you know, last year's his first year scoring 50. Well, Go look at his shots progression every year. He starts to shoot the puck more, and he's even talked about it. It it had to become a mindset of him to say, you know what, I'm going to shoot. And it doesn't have to be, as you mentioned, you can't be overly picky. Sometimes you're going to shoot, it's going to go in, and sometimes it's not. Maybe it creates a rebound, but what it does is now it opens up more space for you because the other team all of a sudden is like, geez, now I got to maybe, rather than just slide over and think he's always going to try to pass, now I got to be respectful of the shot. He's uh, he seems to be as discriminant with his shooting as I am with Swedish food so far. Oh God, you haven't had any reindeer? 
Uh, that was that I did not, and that's actually what some guys got last night. They had a oh yeah steak, and I was like, that's a hard no. The sweet every Swedish guy I've talked to is like, you got to try the reindeer steak. It's awesome. Okay, then they also were eating beef tartare. Yes, you're gonna eat raw beef. I'm not it a looked, huge. Fan. It looked like it looked like yeah. straight up ground hamburger, but raw. Yeah, dude, I'm and not doused a, in lemon. Yeah, I'm not a huge. I'm not a huge raw guy, to be honest. I, like so I, I eat, like I'll, I'll eat sushi, like I'll eat raw fish, yeah. but I'm not eating raw beef. No, I, I, I can get on board. With so that. like they get to me it's last chewy. night, order. Yeah, no, that's a hard no, dude. They get to me last night. I'm like, uh, burger, please. <laughs> Honestly, I know I, I feel like a weenie. I will get to some Swedish cuisine. I will have some meatballs. I'm gonna do all that stuff, but. The beef yeah, tartar, Swedish, that's that's where I draw the line, buddy. Yeah, Swedish meatballs, of course you got to have those, man. How can you not? You like meat? They're going to be cooked. Yeah. Take, take your hat off. How's your hair going? Um, yeah, no, it's it's all right. It's only been a week, right? So it uh, it looks normal yeah, I now. I thought we right? would have some more growth. No, well, dude. I mean, um, that's why you're bald to begin with. Yeah, well, first of all, it's in the back. There's no growth on top. That's why it's going to look terrible, right? Oh, um, it's and, uh, and so here's the thing. When did the fi- – so – for our, our listeners who might have missed Monday's pod, Jason revealed that his producer gave him an out and said, mm-hmm. if the Oilers can win five games in a row during that, this stretch, then it will be cut short from six months to three months. Yes. Correct? Yeah. Here's Which, the thing. They might do that right now. When did the five, did it five, did the five start with the Saturday. loss to the Sarks? Yeah, yeah, it started because he said it on the next day on the Friday. So, um, so you're they, almost that, halfway there. They're sixty percent of the way there, Frank. But here's the thing. Oh, six. Um, yeah, three in a row. I am not. Um, I'm not getting my hopes up because a like they they've last night they needed a great comeback against Seattle in the third period, scoring the final minute, then you score in overtime. Great. Um, now you're taking on Tampa and then Florida. Um, here's I see what happens, Frank. The uh, the orders win four in a row and then they lose game five, which would essentially be reliving the pain of the San Jose loss, right? So, and, and that's what's going to happen here. So, I'm I'm not I don't even want to get remotely optimistic that it could happen because every not? time they get to three, every time they get to three, they just rip your heart out again. And they so, could win. This team could win ten games in a row. They might, but well, that would be great. It wouldn't shock me at all. Honestly, mm. and I really, I got to tell you, and I'm not like, look, these guys are well compensated. They've got great jobs and resumes and Jay Woodcroft is going to coach again, probably in pretty short order. But I did kind of feel for Jay Woodcroft this week. You watch even the first game out, Leon Dreisaitl, four points. Like, come on. We knew that at some point, Leon Dreisaitl or Connor McDavid would have a four point game. Yeah. Well, Did Dreisaitl anyone think that this wasn't going to happen? Like, Drysaddle's been yeah. a beast the last week. Yeah, well, and now he's up to uh, – he's tied for a ninth in scoring with Besser and Ranson. Um, yeah, they're still not scoring him and McDavid at the level that uh, you'd expect. Like, Hyman and, and Kane are really the ones kind of leading the way for Edmonton uh, offensively. And, which, How many which points is good. does Drysaddle have this week? Uh, well, yeah, he's got, I, I'm talking goal scoring. Yeah. Um, yeah. He had the four point game and he had two again last. I know dry subtle definitely been better for sure. Um, he's probably going to be player of the week. Yeah, he might be. Yeah. One of them, yeah, no, hey. one of them, but like you, the you point is you, at some point, these guys were going to do that. Right. And yeah. it 
kind of it stinks for like it stinks for Jay Woodcroft that that is starting to happen now. Yes, no, that's totally valid, right? Um, just like you uh, eventually, you know, people Stuart Skinner. Stuart Skinner's only allowed five goals in those last three games, right? Stuart Skinner was a young goalie who had a had a tough first four or five games, and, and uh, you knew that it would get better, right? It just like I'm not saying that he's going to be elite goaltender by any stretch of the imagination just yet, but if you look at it, all of a sudden Skinner's numbers, people aren't freaking out about it, right? You're just right. like, oh, okay. Like he's got a 940 save percentage in three games, which is goalies do that. And then they go back down to 910 or stuff like that. So it uh, the team defense has been better. The, the one problem, though, that still exists in Edmonton that was existed under Jay Woodcroft is they are the, well, San Jose is the only one. They're the second worst team in the second period, Frank. And it makes no sense. Like they've been outscored 22 to 11 in the second period. It's awful. Last year, they had the most goals in the second period. They had the third best goal, four goals against differential. And uh, they really exploited the long change. This year, they're getting absolutely crushed in the second period. And, and they, again, last night against Seattle. So they got to figure that out. You can't you know, be that bad for 20 minutes every game almost. I was going to say, you think, you know what? I think the biggest story right now around the Oilers is that Jack Campbell has played like absolute garbage in the AHL. Yeah. The save percentage there is worse, 819 in three games than it was in Edmonton, 873. And that's that's a storyline that's gonna that's gonna continue to grow because they're gonna have to do something. They're gonna have to pay a pretty big price to move them because you can't do anything else with the rest of your your roster cap wise and making other moves as you get closer to the deadline. Should they be in the hunt and warrant them? I guess you have to wait and decide and see whether your team is even in the mix, but they might have to in, in a number of weeks here, three, four five weeks swallow hard and pay a big price. Yeah. I, I think the key for them is th they have to do as much as they can to avoid retaining any salary, which means obviously you have That's to, that's what I mean. You're going to have to pay serious draft capital to do it. Yeah. So you know, and the and the thing is, Frank. What the, the other thing they might have to do is just play Olivier Rodrigue in the minors. Just play him. He's got a nine forty two save percentage and, and a two goals Tell against. Jack Aberdeen. Campbell to go to like uh, uh, Joshua Tree National Park for a week. Yeah. I'm not being funny when I say that. Like, go get away from hockey. Go do something you enjoy, and then come back to us in another week. Yeah, probably can't hurt. Because I mean, when you're in the AHL, it's not like someone can say, oh, he's, you're faking an injury for cap purposes or whatever. Take a mental reset. It's the only thing you can do. I, I'm not kidding. I'm not being flippant. Like, I really think for Jack Campbell, it's, it's, I'd say it's 80% mental and the other 20% in talking to people that really watch and break down goalies is they think Jack Campbell is lacking the strength to move laterally quickly hmm. enough. Yeah. Well. They they don't um they don't play again until next Tuesday. They have one game, Frank. So now would be the time to do it. They play, they don't play this weekend, they play next Tuesday, and then not until November 25th. So you're right. You could say here, just take take a week off and then come back on the uh, you know next Thursday and you can practice for a few days. Go, go to Joshua Tree National Park, get yourself a mushroom and chill out. Yeah. So see how that goes. Now there are a few other teams, Frank, that um uh, we we talked about the Ducks, 
who, uh, you know, they had a tough one last night, second half of a back-to-back going into Colorado and, and they got, uh, they got spanked pretty good by the, by the avalanche. But when you look at the numbers, Frank, of a team, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, this team is dead last in power play percentage at 7%. One of their top six forwards has one assist. Their leading goal scorer is on pace for 25 goals. That's Alex Ovechkin, TJ Oshie, one assist, and the power plays at 7.7%. But they're 7-1-1 one, one in their last nine games. Like, they're not winning because they've got, you know, Ovechkin on some ridiculous heater that's unsustainable. What do you make of the Capitals? And is this a team we got to take serious? Not yet for me, because of a lot of the things you just mentioned. Are you, do you think they're a playoff team? Well, the, the thing that's impressive to me about the, about the Capitals is, you know what? They're not giving up a lot of goals. Now they're not scoring goals, but I, I just can't see that this offense is going to be this putrid at 2.36 goals against per game. Like they've got enough talent to at least produce more than that. I'm not saying they're going to be the, you know, the Capitals when they were dominant and, and, you know, always not going to be a top uh, 15, top 10, top five point producer, right? I don't see that anymore, but he does have 11 points in 14 games, you know, goal scoring's down. So I still got a negative goal differential. I think this is a team on a wacky run. Okay. You you could be right. Well, they got a negative goal. I think the way more interesting team that's gotten together, that's gotten it together and is right on the heels of the caps in the Metro is the Penguins. They were three and six. They went out West, swept their West road trip, have won another two in a row. And their goal differential is unreal. Now they were one of the teams that waxed the sharks, right? Yes. That'll be, I mean, I guess that helps on the. That's plus eight. Yeah. So that'll help you, but still the differential between the penguins and the caps minus two and plus 14 is a pretty big difference. I mean, the, the the Pens have scored 16 more goals than the Caps this year. And they've played well, the same number of games. Like, to me, I think the Capitals, they're not giving up very much. And No, the Penguins have allowed the same number of goals, though. Yeah, no, the Pens, hey, I've, I've, but I thought the Pens were a playoff team at the start. So, um, But I, I'm, I'm saying they're, it seems like their process is better, that they're maybe well, just a team that started slow. Oh, 100% they did. Yeah, and... Like their power play couldn't score to save their life, but you know you look at the uh, at the caps like they're just not scoring five on five, right? Uh, although I'm sure they're not even scoring on the power play. Like Ovi has one goal five on five so far this season. Like I just I don't despite like I don't see them getting uh, they're not getting crushed um, five on five. They're minus four total, and their power play isn't scoring at all. So do I think their power play even can get it get to like seventeen percent? Right. It doesn't have to. I'm not talking 25. Like it's 7%, Frank. Right. Do you have any concern about the Devils? Well, the, the, the longer Hughes and, and he sure are out. Yeah. I think once they're back, the Devils are a much better team. There's no question in my mind. But you, um, you know, goaltending in, in New Jersey was a concern a little bit and, and still is. But I, I think it's hard to, to get that concerned yet about the Devils just because of uh, who is out, right? Like it's Only your the Blue Jackets have given up more goals in the division. Yeah. Well, that's that by three. Yeah. But they're also, they're, there's two things at play there. By having Hughes uh, out, right, and uh, Nico Hishiro, what happens is 
now you don't have the puck in the offensive zone as much. So now you're defending more. And when you defend more, you're going to give up more goals. And I think there is a, there is a, 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 a I think a fair connection to that somewhat, but I also, you know, I look at their, um, their goaltending and team defense. I was, I said it at the start of the year, Frank, like I picked them to make the playoffs, but I said, my one concern was when, when you have, you know, that many young guys like Luke Hughes is young, Kevin balls, pretty much, a, you know, not very experienced guy. Then everybody was raving about their decor. I'm like youth on the back end doesn't always equate to success. Right. And, um, you know, Dougie Hamilton right now is, is struggling a little bit five on five. Um, but I think a lot of that has to do with who's lacking offensively. It just forces the devils to play defense more. And I don't care who you are when you play defense more, eventually you're going to get scored on. They're on track for 88 points. They got to get it. They got to get it moving. I know there's those injuries have loomed large. And I know that when they get those players back, they will obviously be a much different team, but they need to tread water a little bit better than they have. That's fair. That's the name of the game right now in the NHL is if you're off to a decent enough start and you've got issues, tread water. Yeah. Like they only have three players, Frank, right now at five on five on their team who have been on the ice for more goals for than against, right? So so that's a problem for them, no question, right? They're, you. It's hard to be successful. Like um, they've got the second worst. They're minus 12, five on five. Only uh, only the Sharks are worse than the Devils at five on five. So that's that's an area that is of concern for sure, not scoring as much. And, and they're just giving up, uh, they're giving up way too much. Like they've only scored 22 goals, five on five. So I think now let's I'm, I'm a little more concerned than you are. I think, well, what's the update? Give me, give me the, I haven't looked. What's the timeline for Hughes and Heesher? I don't have it in front of me. Okay. I think, I think they're inching closer, um, is what I had read, but I should have been more on top of that. No, well, no, that's okay. But I look at like he sure I think is out longer, right? And and no offense, Hughes is the better player. So you get Hughes back, that can help you. But it's you Hughes mentioned- is possible this week. Okay, there you go. It's probably pretty likely that he comes back on Saturday. Yeah. And if not Thursday, today. Mm-hmm. And I do think it is it is a little crazy where we would just gave all this credit to Pedersen, and rightfully so, but Hughes has missed this chunk of time and he's still only six points back of those guys. Oh yeah. Yeah. That no. that goes to show you how ridiculous Jack Hughes was at the start, how we probably haven't given him enough love. Oh no. He was off to a fantastic start. He was a two point a game player, right? Didn't he have 20 points in 10 games? Yep. So yeah, if, if he was still playing, he'd be four or five points ahead of these guys. Although I don't expect him to maintain a two point per game, uh, uh, scoring average. It's a little Can, hard to do. So we had, this is going to sound ridiculous. We had last year, our first hundred point defenseman since 92, 93. Can Quinn Hughes, can he get to 125? Or is that banana sandwich? 125. Yeah, that gotta be I'm great, just, man. I, I'm I, I'm just, I'm, it's pure hypothetical. Like, He's on pace for 133. We haven't yeah. yet gotten to a quarter of the season, and I know pace can be crazy, and you got to take that out for a second. But if bo- if the two guys around him, and, and then throw in JT Miller too, 
Like if those two guys have ridiculous seasons, like it could he could be on the gravy train. Not to say he can't do it, but it might just pad. Like Carlson did it with no help last year. Zero help from the Sharks. Yeah. No, no, Is that's it possible fair. that he that he just Quinn Hughes is way that much further along because well, he's as good and has better teammates. The the only guy, keep in mind, obviously it's only Coffee and Orr who have ever scored even more than 104 points. So he could join there um, because they're they're the top 10 scoring defensemen with uh, Orr at 139, Coffee had 138, and Orr had 135. So 130, man, we're talking like almost uncharted, never seen before other than, you know, the two greatest offensive defensemen ever. I'd love to see it. I think it's hard. Could I see him get into that? Could he pass Paul Coffee for 10th? Which means if he can get to 104, that would put him top 10 all-time single-season points by defenseman only behind Oren Coffey. I think that number is realistic for sure. Even that would be pretty incredible. Yes, 100%. Right? Like, if, if he somehow managed to go to 120. I'm well, just saying, at, at when do we ask the question, can he do it? Is it now? No, I think it's a little early. All right. Yeah. Like, do we when we get to... Let's get to 50 or 60 games, honestly, because the, the thing is, A, he's got to play, right? And health is health is the wild card that you never know. Like, look at Dylan Holloway. He just lost an edge, fell into the boards. Now he's out multiple months. Like, you look can't. At his, look at Quinn's brother. I mean, like, you just yes. don't know. Yeah, like, Luke Hughes, terrible. So, injuries are so freak. Yeah, they're so freakish. You don't know what's going to happen. So, um, I uh, if, if he's healthy still and he's in at 60, and then let's say he's on pace, then I think you can have the conversation because by then you're three quarters into the season. It's a bigger sample size. And you, because to me, points per game, obviously the more you play, the harder it is to maintain. That's just a fact, right? Um, it's like when people say, oh, let's compare a guy. Look at his first eight seasons. And then they're like, yeah, look at this guy, 20 years in the league. The guy in eight years is average the same amount of points. I'm like, no shit, Sherlock, because every player in the last few years of their career, you see their point per game go down. Like it's not because they're, they just age. So, um, uh, except Sidney Crosby, Frank, we should talk about Sid the Kid. See the production from old Sid the Kid right now? The old hat. Guy's on fire. I just, right. when we're always thinking about Sid and trying to put his numbers in perspective, like, I always wonder where he would stack up had he just been healthy. It's kind of like, what would Yarmer Yager's numbers have been had he not taken three years of his sort of prime out to play in the KHL? What if Sid didn't miss all that time with concussions? And what if there were no work stoppages. And what if there was no COVID shortens? Like if you think about it, Sidney Crosby has missed like 250 games with all those things added up. Yeah. Like he, he missed the the one full season. So that's 82 games. Then he, they played 48, right? So there's another 34. Uh, Then uh, you miss about, let's say, I think it was 12 games in uh, the 70 season. Then they had 56 games. So that's what another, uh, 26 so that's just games that he wasn't injured that he didn't get to play in right so what's that 60 72 156 right so what right there is 156 plus all the injuries he had like he missed 60 games one year so 60 no, we're games talking one year and then 41 yeah, 40 another, another you're talking close 30, to 300 300 games for sure yeah and he in the in the the first lockout or not lockout um that one shortened season when COVID struck in March, 
he missed like 29 in that one. Like you, you're right. It's close to 300. And then I'm looking at where he stacks up and you start to put it all in perspective and you say, he might be closer to 2000 points right now. Oh, not might be. I, I think he would legit be the, uh, the second player to score 2000 points. And, um, I, I think honestly, if you look at Sidney Crosby and I look at his career, I think it's fair to say, Frank, that there's Gretzky, Lemieux, and then Crosby as forwards. It's hard. It's always hard to compare forwards to defensemen. I'd have Sidney Crosby number three. Is he on your Mount Rushmore? Top four of all time. I probably would still Gordy Howe for what he did. Uh, you know, in an era where offense wasn't there, he was big. Like Gordy Howe is a power forward. He did different elements to his game. I'd probably still have Gordy there. And my my four are Gretzky, Lemieux, Howe, and Orr. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to it's hard to knock one of those guys off. But man, like Nick Lidstrom, Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid. When he's done, they. I was going to say well, when the bigger question is when it's all said and done, is McDavid ahead of Crosby? Well, I, I think he cups first. Yeah, probably has to win some cups. Um, cups are much more of a team game, in my opinion. Um, obviously, you, you can play a big factor when you're the best player on the team, no question. Um, but I, I believe, and I've crunched all the numbers. I think Connor McDavid is going to become the second player ever to score two thousand points. Right? Like, I, I think it's very realistic that he does that. So um, that that will put him. Sid would have to play like God the way he's producing right now. Sid would have an outside chance had he not, but, and health is a factor too. Like health is, it's unfortunate. He, can't get, he, he won't get to 2000. Well, how many more well, years could Sid play? I mean, he's 30, 36. So, so let's say he plays 37, 38, 39, 40. That's four more years, right? Even if he's just a, a yeah, 75 he's, point he's guy. 480 points back. Yeah. So at the end of this season, he might be 400, right? Is he going to score 80 more points this year? He might. I would put him at 99, right? Like he's on pace for that. So then four more years at four, yeah, it's a hundred points. It's pretty tough to do for sure. Probably but, pretty unlikely. Yeah. But I, he'd push for but it. But he would be if he didn't miss all these games, he'd be well, well north yeah. of it, I think. hundred percent. But I'm saying he'd be close to 2000 right now and be padding that number. Yes. That's why I just, it's I, perspective is always key when thinking about where he stacks up long time, long term. Well, and, and just look what he's like. Sidney Crosby right now today has the same amount of points as Austin Matthews. He's one back of Nathan McKinnon. He's two back of, of McCarr and Dreisaitl and Rantanen. Like these are some of the best players in the game that everybody talks about. And Sidney Crosby's 36. And, and it just, now the other thing we do have to factor in when you look at all time, today's players are trained better, their nutrition better, uh, they have better sleep patterns, all that stuff that allows them to expand their greatness, right? It used to be your window, Frank, was like 25 to 34. And then guys hit the wall because they, didn't, they just didn't have the training. They didn't have the rehab ability. You had a serious injury in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Sometimes like your chance of coming back and being effective were, were you're very like, If you're like Bobby Orr, they, they try and fix your knee and you never play again, really. Like, yeah. They didn't so we have always, the tools and ability then. Yeah, so I always take like I find when when people do all of these era ratings, they don't rank any of the benefits that the new players have. They they talk about all they do is they go off average. Yeah, but the benefit to, the benefit that the older players had is the competition wasn't very good. I mean, just watch clips and watch the goalies from the eighties. No offense, like it's a totally different game. 
Yeah, well, you could score on the ice back then. Now you score over the shoulder. That's really the difference. I, I think it's way more than that. Those guys were terrible compared to. Well, I wouldn't sports. say that. That's what they were trained by compared no, to. No, I never equipment why. Like, yeah, it's just. Yeah, and look at the equipment they had, Frank. Weigh the pads of those goalies back then. The pads, I picked up a pair of Grant Fierce pads and Stuart Skinner picked it up. And Skinner's like, are you joking? Like, we're talking two to three times more. Wait, I, I, I I, the game was so much slower. Like there's a million things about it that yeah. they had some real advantages too. I don't know about advantages, right? Um, they, they flew crap. They're sitting in a Frank. They were sitting waiting. Like they were flying coach, dude. I think about it. how many delayed flights you have. Right. So um, obviously they weren't, had, they didn't have the ex- expertise on nutrition. <laughs> no, they pop a Coke and have a cigarette in the yeah. mission. You know, like the teams used to bring in pizza after games, the teams would provide it. So, yeah, I just, you know, I, I, I never like thing is when I first started covering the NHL teams would still bring in pizza. Yes. Yeah. Now every now and then it's fine, but it's pretty not, rare to see it's pretty it, rare. It was like pizza. And anytime you were in Buffalo, everyone had wings. Even yeah. now that's mostly been outlawed. Yeah. So it is a, it's a different time. Let's uh, bring in uh, Tyler Uremchuk. 
Yeah, it, it's hard, but I look at Detroit, Washington, Philadelphia. Do I believe like, all three could fall out? Maybe, right? They're all 18, 18, and, uh, and 17 points. And and in fact, the uh, the Capitals have the best points percentage. Yeah, I was going to say the three. Flyers have played on more games than. Yeah, and so they have the best points percentage. They actually have more points than the Flyers. So if those three fall out, or two of them fall out, the Penguins and the Lightning come in, then it comes down to how far are the Devils out when they get healthy. There's the the, the kind of the wild card suddenly. Um, so I would buy more on uh, on Washington. Sorry, Ducks. I love the Duck story more. But I just, you know, they, they were the cardiac kids. They're coming back in third period all the time. I just don't think that's sustainable when, when you look at it for them. So, um, you know, I think, you know, Edmonton's waking up. I think that uh, even Calgary, uh, St. Louis, uh, they've got some teams. So I would bet more on Washington because they're a more experienced team. And they've been winning um, with just sound defense and a lot of their offensive guys not doing much. And I do think you've like TJ Oshie isn't going to be one point in every 14 games. Like it's not happening. Right. Like I don't think their power play is going to sit at 7%. Like that's Anaheim duck, terrible power play from a few years ago, guys. Like it just, it can't stay that bad. And so I think that'll help them. So can I add one thing? Cause a lot of people have been, obviously I've been getting criticized in ducks world because they say I'm a hater. I like watching the team. Please don't get me wrong. But when I say this, I, I went back and looked it up because everyone is giving tons of credit to Greg Cronin. And I do think there's certainly more of an intensity this year that has filtered through that team. But I looked up the starts from the last few years. They're actually quite good. 2021, November 16th, they were 10, 4, and 3. Wow. 10, 17, and 7 at New Year's that year. Then when Pat Verbeek was hired, the day he was hired, they were 23, 16, and 9. He traded a bunch of players away, and they went 8, 21, and 5 down the stretch. Just food for thought, like the Ducks numbers have actually not been that bad in recent years, and then most of the time the wheels have fallen off. And then last year was the, the year that they crumbled. Hmm. All right, second one I got for you guys. It is one sentence you will buy or sell on it. The Vancouver Canucks are legit cup contenders. Jason. Oh, um, <laughs> God, that's actually a really good question. They have the ingredients of an elite goalie and elite defenseman and a few elite forwards. So I think that puts them in. Now I know some of their underlying numbers aren't great. Well, underlying numbers at times can be misleading. Their power play is ridiculous. It can be a weapon. Um, I got to do is win two rounds to be a legit cup contender, right? Because once you're in the semifinal, I got a shot. I'm going to say yes, but they're right on the low end of it, right? Like they wouldn't be ranked. They they would be kind of that outsider where you're like, okay, I got to add a team. I would put them in, but uh, they, they've got a lot of weapons right now. Couldn't agree more. I would say yes. And I agree with you. If there's seven or eight teams or nine, whatever you factor in as your number, they're one of the, they are the last team, but I don't think you can rule them out at this moment in time from being a cup contender. Just it's small sample size, but like Demko is far and away the leader for Vezina. They've got the right now, the best goalie in the league. How, like, how do you argue with that stance if they continue to play the way they have? Yes. Shooting percentage, all those things, there probably will be some kind of regression, but the talent is for real and the talent provided that Pedersen signs ain't going anywhere. Mm. 
Well, if, if you want even a bigger sample size, you look at their last 45 games, only Vegas, Colorado, and Boston have more points, right? Like they, they started to play well at the end of last season and uh, they doesn't always work, but it has worked for them. They've carried it over. So, but you, you no. also didn't say Boston was a cup contender this year. So, well, I know. Hey, that was a mistake. I'm not so saying it, it may not be, maybe yeah. they aren't. Yeah. Wow. They look pretty good. Last one I got for you guys. One of the teams out at the Global Series you didn't really dig into is the Minnesota Wild. They have lost three in a row. Buying or selling on the Wild as a playoff team this year. Frank, is the slow start enough to sink them, or do you think they can bounce back? It's going to be tough, but I'm buying still. I think the Central is soft. I think there's a real opportunity to make hay there. I think their penalty kill has been so atrocious. Maybe that they don't dig out from that. But I, it, it seems to me to be a fixable issue. And I would say that the Wild, one of the streakiest teams in the league the last year, they can go on a run and win 10 in a row, and I wouldn't be shocked. Well, my concern there, penalty kill for sure, which relates right to goaltending, right? I think they miss Tyler Spurgeon a lot. He's close when he comes back. I think that's going to be a boost for them. No question. He plays a Spurgeon? Minutes. Yeah, sorry. Did, did I say Tyler Spurgeon? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, well, they said his brother's name, so that's good. Um, I uh, um, I look at the, at the return of him will help, but their goaltending right now, Gustafson's not close to what he was last year, right? And he's admitted it. He knows he's got to play better, and that's a concern, Frank. If you don't get goaltending, man, like, and and their offensive guys, like, they don't have enough. Like Kaprizov's obviously elite. I'm not sold on the rest of their offense. So I'm actually I'm gonna buy, I'm gonna sell on them being a playoff team. I don't think they're gonna make it. So it is It is interesting you mentioned Kaprizov because he has not been elite. No, not this year. Not at all. And I would say even watching at points last year, the production ended up being fine, but it wasn't like, hey, this guy's taking a step to the next level. He doesn't take over and control games like he did at the, fir- at the very beginning of his career the NHL yeah, like like he's still a point of game player which is crazy it's just the expectations are higher but it's he's also getting murdered it's, five it's not it's eye test it's not even point yeah. it's not production he's just not controlling games like he was yeah mm-hmm. well they're getting killed five on five right so his line specific not a lot going well in uh in mini that's a wrap on this week's edition of buy or sell make doordash your holiday hack this holiday season you're cooking up a big meal you're getting ready to throw a big holiday party You've forgotten one ingredient. Don't waste time driving to the grocery store. Let DoorDash bring whatever you need right to you this holiday season. There you go. Uh, Frankie, what's on the what's on tap here? What's the uh, what's the itinerary for the next few days in Sweden? I got lots of interviews lined up. Uh, looking forward to spending some time with NHLPA Executive Director Marty Walsh on Friday. Get to know him a little bit better uh, as he's. Uh, taken over and gotten settled in now and got some interviews lined up with some teams and some players also dropped a new, frankly speaking today with Doug Armstrong. I love talking to him about his path to the NHL. He started, believe it or not in the Washington capitals ticket sales office. And he is now the longest tenured GM in the NHL. He had some great views as well. He's totally black and white on how he views their rebuild and said Hmm. point blank. We weren't very good. And, we couldn't put a Band-Aid on a large wound, is what he said. So um, check that out if you get an opportunity. I also sat down with Barry Trotz earlier in the week in Toronto. And so lots of uh, lots of content we're pumping out there and trying to 
you know, keep my my head in the game for the Wendy's Daily Faceoff Survivor pool. I've I've been riding the struggle bus on that. It's been one game and out the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, it's you're no uh, you can't get on a streak, Frank. You uh, you can't be the Ducks. You can't c- come from behind, like, can you? I feel like Connor McDavid just. Uh, yeah, just can't find your uh, game. And that's right. Uh, go to dailyfaceoff.com, the uh, Wendy's Daily Survivor. It's a new one every day right now. To stay in the week, you got to be good. But once you're out, you can start again the following week. Uh, and, of course, while you think about your picks, and as Frank is obsessing about his wrong picks, be sure to reward that dedication by trying out their new obsession, the very real barbecue bacon cheeseburger with applewood smoked bacon, uh, crispy onions as cheese melts over the fresh but never frozen. Canadian beef. And remember, somebody is winning $5,000. So don't give up if you have a tough week, right? Keep grinding because all of a sudden you can go on a roll and it's a, it's all your points added up over the year. Whoever has the best will win $5,000 in cold, hard cash. Dailyfaceoff.com. Look up the uh, survivor pool. Frank, enjoy Sweden. We will talk to you on Monday. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Saravali and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.